Welcome to the Drawing Podcast with your host, Shalia. And Janina. We've been going for a minute, but we're now back. We back. Now we're back like on the jump off. Right. So we're going to begin the podcast like we always do with our words of affirmation. Today's affirmation says, every time you look up, you're going to see me winning. I don't lose, I learn. So um, that's the affirmation um, for today. And I just want to say that my book is finally out and published and available on Amazon, where you can find the affirmations that we use on a podcast. So I'm excited about that. It's been a rough route for the last couple of months, but it's finally here. So How's your week been going, Janina? I don't, I don't know about like I mean, I'm blessed. Listen, I'm here. I'm blessed. It is what it is. Um, but I'm excited to be back recording. I'm excited to see my friend and she's in good health. So um, that's where I'm trying to collect all my thoughts. Well, my week, my week has been going good. I'm not going to complain either. I'm so blessed. Over the last few months, which I'll talk about later, I just been through so much. And and through throughout the whole process, I just learned not to complain. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna complain. I'm gonna just say I'm doing good. I, I I have another day on this side of the earth. So yeah. Right. So okay, so we wanna. You want to just go into our segments and then try to get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. So we're going to go into our segment, Oh, I Like That, John. And this is the segment where we talk about um, the things that we're feeling for the week or last week and things that we bought and things like that. So for my music for this week, I, since I've been um like home and recovering I've been a TikTok addict which is horrible (laughs) horrible but on TikTok you know it's a lot of dance trends and dances and stuff that's out there I discovered this artist which he's not new he's been out but Wizkid he has this song called Essence but the popular um words from the song is they say you don't need no other body. Mm. It's like a reggae feel. And I Did you see to, the video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I listen to like some of his other music and I really like him. It's like a reggae vibe, like a chill reggae vibe. Like, you know, I was listening to Drake the other day. I was like, oh, this is Wizkid. Like, yeah, you know, he, he's on like a lot of people's songs. Right. I never knew who he was. You know what I mean? So, well, because in essence he has the woman singing i wasn't sure what his like if he was a singer or a rapper or whatever but it's really just him kind of like doing that reggae rapping stuff yeah. but the person that's actually singing a hook is um a woman yeah so. yep so that's what i'm feeling for music this week i for food i bought some hot honey 
which is amazing. I was so hyped to make some wings and put the hot honey on it. But now I've been eating it on everything. So it's like addiction. And I also bought this um, everything but the Elote seasoning from Trader Joe's. And I'm addicted to that too. I put that on everything too. I have that taste like? It's like a little, it's, it's like paprika, Cajun seasoning, but it's the um, season, like a little bit like tahini because it's the season that they put on like the corn on the cob when you get the corn, you know, the elote with the cheese and all that on the corn. But I put it on everything. Child put it on some noodles. I was like, oh, this is really, really good. So <laughs> that's my drawings for the week. Hi, honey. Mm. So my... Oh, I like that joint. <laughs> so basically, like in the news, you know, about this whole South Carolina lawyer, um, Alec Murdoch, all this drama he's having, like where first it was like a botched suicide attempt and then all this. So I was like, when I was hearing it, maybe like a month ago, I was like, this is going to be a great podcast. So <laughs> something told me that I just searched for it. And so apparently there's like this journalist down in South Carolina who started the podcast and she started with like the murder of his wife and son and then it's been like so many things you know piled up on it so I've been listening to that it's called the Murdoch Murders and um it's about it's with Mandy Matney but this whole story is crazy like the man is a psychopath his housekeeper died well supposedly the housekeeper fell in the steps and died of like a brain injury and so he told her kids you know what just sue me my homeowner's insurance or whatever will will pay you guys out are you serious listen he listen this this happened this happened before the before his wife and son was murdered so his wife and son was murdered on their property like two years ago maybe like a year before that the housekeeper supposedly fell down the steps and died right? She died. She like was on life support, whatever, and died. She had two sons. So he told the sons, look, sue me. Boom. Here's the lawyers. You hook up with them and you know, they'll sue me. I'll assume responsibility and you guys will get paid from the insurance company. Well, honey, they wind up doing it so that the lawyers was the only ones basically on as the um, personal representative. And then when the insurance company paid out the $4 million, it went to the personal representative who worked for the bank. And then the Murdoch guy said, we're going to put it in an annuity, make it out to, I forgot the name of the company, but the company is like an annuity company or whatever. But he didn't put like the full name of the company. He was like, just make it out. And it was just one word. Well, this crazy fool done went to the bank and opened up a bank account in that name and deposited the check, gave, gave the bank people a PO box to send it to, deposited the $3 million. So now last week they charged them with that. And shady. This happened years ago. That's what this happened years ago. So now all this stuff, because supposedly this happened years ago and now because of the girl Mandy Matney because of all her journalistic like she's talking to the lawyer she's doing all this pulling all up because it's like so many murders connected to this family 
or so many deaths, like suspicious deaths connected to this family. It's crazy. That's why I was like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta find a podcast. This is crazy. But yeah, it's she got like 911 calls and all this because years before that, it's just it's it's a rabbit hole. But mm-hmm. it's it like it's crazy when like my true crime podcast, like charges are happening in real time. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like he because he tried to say he was on drugs. Three million dollars. So <laughs> so then my other oh i like this joint is for hairstyles and um i don't know i was on the internet and it's this black lady who owns um a natural hair extension company because i like i wanted to have but hair she got hair in stock though that's the question does she have hair in well stock? when i went to the website to act like i was going to order i didn't say see anything that said out of out of stock so okay um but she has she has wigs and she has clip-ons and she has headband. She has it all for like 3C, B, 3B, 4C, 4B, all that. Um, and what yeah, is it called? Heatfreehair.com. Oh, yeah. I think I heard of them before. I think the t- somebody I know bought some hair from them before. Oh, did they? Like a, um, yeah. To do like an Afro type. Uh-huh. yeah yeah i want to do like a, a clip on look i guess or maybe just the top of my hair out but we'll see i don't know it say add the cart it doesn't say sold out so okay well listen because the last the last place you told me about with the braid hair they still ain't got nothing in stock <laughs> I'm like, what? I know, I know. That means think about our people. I'm sorry. We when are y'all gonna have it in stock? Like, come on. It's been almost a year. Like, no it is. I'm exaggerating, but still, like, <laughs> like right. It's just stuff in stock. What did you buy off of Amazon? <laughs> I know. Something. Mm-hmm. Well, girl, let me tell you. I got this book. I ordered this book. I feel like, I don't know what day was it that I ordered it. One day last week, but it came and like so, so fast, like two days it came. It was, it's this book by this lady. Her <laughs> name, her name is Shalia L. So that's me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I bought Shalia's book, Purposeful Positivity. And it's giving me affirmations and reflections on a daily basis, um, telling me, <laughs> get it together, bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> yes. That's what I had to do. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, sis, you cool? Exactly. Yeah. What did I buy? Oh, yes. I bought these ceramic coated pans. Girl, when I tell you they are bomb, like, but I mean, literally, if you didn't want to wash them, you could just wipe them out. Yeah, I have. Is it white? Like no, the inside is it white? It's not white? It's, the, it's like gray and it looks speckled. Oh, okay. I know. And they have wooden handles, so like you could touch it, and it never get, it won't get hot. Like you don't need no pot holder, or whatever, girl. Like when I say nothing sticks, 
nothing sticks. I think they're the best. That's one of like my best investments. How many you got? It was a set of two for 40 or $50, but it's the, I think the 10 inch and the 12 inch. Oh, they're like frying pans? Yeah, but they had the pots and they got the smaller pots. This the small, the medium, and the large. So I'm gonna order those ones next. They either you can either get them with tops or not tops. Of course, with the tops, it costs a little bit more. So I just ordered them with the tops. And that's what I bought off of Amazon. Mm. It's sweet, but I'm an Amazon addict. I know. I, I need to go to uh AA. <laughs> Girl, anonymous. <laughs> So Eric had bought me some flowers, right? But we don't have a vase. Oh, that was sweet. Yeah, he bought them for me for finishing my book and getting it out or whatever. So we don't have a vase. And I was like, oh, we could go to um, Ross or somewhere. I'm like, never mind. I ordered on Amazon to be here <laughs> tomorrow. So it's, it's, it's bad. It's mm-hmm. real bad. Yeah. So our next segment is the issue Cool segment. And this is just a segment where we check in to make sure we're doing good with doing things for ourselves and for our mental health and physically that we're well because we can sometimes um, neglect ourselves. So, sis, are you cool? Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm trying to get back. I'm hesitant. <laughs> I'm cool. Um, I'm just trying to get back in the swing of things. Um, Ava started dance class. The kids are in swim now. Um, and yeah. And then my job is talking about coming back in the office. So when they talk about doing that? January. Oh, okay. Well, you still got. Right. But I need to get like, you know, acclimated to going in um, before it's like I must go in. So. But they might change it because right because the boss he just seems like so my girlfriend is like telling him because of the whole school bus shortage or whatever her son has to be to school you know late so she's like well I got this situation so he's like we'll talk about it closer and I'm just like I'm saying to myself like well I know me I be wanting to know like as soon as you tell me I want to know exactly what I'm going to have to do um before the date comes but he's seen I think he probably is like well we've had so many return back to the office dates that kept getting extended mm-hmm. that this one may not be even true I don't know because I, I don't know but basically they're saying that um you know they want us to come in at least three days a week oh okay that's not bad yeah, yeah. I mean I yeah I've definitely like the fact that I've been working remote for the last two years, but you know, remote work is for some people, some people, everybody's different. Some people like, like at my job, there's people who still come in here every day. Um, but I like working remote. I would prefer to work remote 100%. But I mean, I I do like the days that I have went in, it was a time for me to actually like interact with people. And so, you know, some of those interactions we don't get. So we, I'm actually on an engagement committee at my, at my job where we're trying to work on the engagement being as though everybody's working remotely. So we may do like some, um, like cyber, um, like coffee breaks or something like that. Everybody get on and chit chat or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, That'll be cool. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. I got to work through that, I guess. 
but um yeah i mean i'm going i'm going good it i got i gotta get my kids halloween stuff but yeah i don't know but yeah so what we were saying was about like expectations of people but yeah i think um i'm in a place where i don't really have that much expectations for people me either um going through everything that i went through for the past couple of months which i'll get into later in our topic and like putting this book out and everything like i the people the people that i thought was going to show up showed up but more strangers are supporting me than people that i know so like random people that I don't even know because I did promotions on Instagram and Facebook and bought my book so okay. it's just like I can count on one hand I can't, I can't none of my family members so-called family members have bought the right and I wouldn't even expect it like honestly like, I don't know that's how I said like I don't one of my cousins did but at the same time I look at them and especially on social media, like y'all support everything and everybody else. Uh, okay. Yeah. But that, that, you know, that's not, it is it's we, fine. I, we talked about this before, but it's still like, Mm-mm. it's still crazy to me. No, and we getting rid of that. Yeah. No, we not just, but it's the focus is just on the people that's here. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still going to speak on it because if it were them, when it was them, they wanted support. Even things like, but I'm speaking say, on it gonna bring you joy though. No, but I'm I gotta get it off my chest. I'm gonna say this, and I don't care who in my family is listening. <laughs> but we got like a family group text message. I don't interact in it, but they always, oh, this person did this, and this person did that, and pray for this person, and pray for that person. Y'all fake, period, point blank, y'all fake. So yeah, I'm just learning this whole process has taught me not to expect. When you when you put expectations on things, you end up getting your feelings hurt. And that's just the reality of it. So you got to go in with no expectations and just let things be what they're going to be. So yeah, but I'm cool. Like it's just, a harsh reality that you got to deal with mm. and that's that right 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 yeah it's that you know just uh being present for the people that show the love and appreciation is really where the energy needs to be so um, yeah and that's that's exactly what i'm doing so, so then we're gonna do so so you gotta hit this joint up and this segment is where we highlight a small business so the small business that we're going to highlight this week is actually a place that Janina recently visited, and it is called Stripe Lying Distilling. So Janina is going to talk about her experience with that and give a little background. Right. So for, so, so for one of my friend's birthday, we did um, wine tasting and rum tasting. So this location, Stripe Lying Distilling, is in Woodbury, New Jersey, and it's a rum distillery and it's actually black owned it's a husband and wife 
the wife owns it majority. So she's so it's also classified as a majority woman owned business. Um and go ahead. If they married, well, I guess never mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you marry, you can still, yeah. But but I've known that people do that, do it like that. So when you, you know, do like your incorporations or your LLCs, they're gonna put the married, you know, I mean, put people down individually who the owners are. Okay. So yeah. So like, you know, usually when you're married, you own something 50-50, but more than likely she must own it more than 50%. The mm-hmm. husband. I mean, and she's a she she's um a pediatrician also. So, um, and they were really hospitable when we got there. We was a little late, but um, they was very hospitable when we got there. Black and I people, did. black. <laughs> we did a um, no, 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 yeah, we we got there kind of late in regards to they. It was like an hour before they were closing, but we didn't get there later than like we told them we was going to get there. Um, but we, we did. I did a flight, so you can pick was five different rooms okay and it was it wasn't even just like a little shot it was like five one ounce mm-hmm. maybe it was four I'm you sorry. drank maybe all of them four i did it was uh like a half an ounce each one mm-hmm. and it was like a cinnamon a one <laughs> we was on the bus i wasn't driving it was a uh, cinnamon citrus coconut and then it was like one it was like a lot of proof it was good though so yeah i would definitely go back there um because they they do 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 tours and the like distillery part but because we got there later in the evening the tours had already ended and they're in new but, jersey right mm-hmm. yeah and it wasn't it's not far um from philly but yeah it was good um but yeah <clears throat> so let me, I'm going to do the uh, horoscope. Uh, I'm going to do Capricorn. So I live here with two Capricorns. Um, so for love, for Capricorn, I have, even if, even you cannot stay permanently crossed and critical of your loved one's faults, especially given the mood of today, you may even surprise them by complimenting them on something they have done particularly well, instead of noticing the minute era that created the problem there is such a sunny feeling of around that you may fall in love all over again which could take you both by surprise that's i don't even understand it <clears throat> i should tell Ava. No, are she told me about her little crush in school yeah capricorns are uh i in that i could see i i yeah the first part like um where it says the crit you being critical of your loved ones faults yeah they do that a lot <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i just pick ava up okay so i put a little makeup on so i wouldn't pick ava up as soon as she see me you got your eyelashes done like girl chill oh <laughs> oh gosh okay and the health for capricorn is the day's planetary aspect offers a good reminder to make sleep your priority remember that sleep nurtures you more than anything many people find themselves restless at bedtime when the world quiets down at night for many it seems like the volume on their thoughts get turned way up making it difficult to relax and drift off to sleep 
it can help to establish a routine, like what you may have done as a child to remember how to properly fall asleep. Finding it hard to pry your phone out of your hands, even though you're mentally and physically exhausted, try leaving it in the other room or using it to play a guided meditation or a hypnosis session designed to help you sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think we all can relate to that. Yeah, definitely. And Capricorn's money horoscope. You have your work cut out for you good in a good way. Everyone seems to want a piece of you now since you're radiating good health and good fortune and your personal style is unique. So everyone wants to know what you're wearing. Use it to your advantage by leveraging all the attention into more opportunities, a higher salary and better benefits. Okay, Mm. you hear that, Capricorn? Get that money. They're very um, driven by money. So they- yeah. All the Capricorn, all the Capricorn adults I know get money. Yeah, yeah, they do. They definitely do. But it also could be like one of their downfalls because they seem like they were the ones that I know. They seem like they'll hustle and hustle and hustle for money and not do what needs to be done. But we all do that. Do what needs to be done for yourself. You're- oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, so now we're going to get into our current event sec- um, segment, and um, this is basically where we talk about things that are currently going on in the news, on TV, and things like that. Um, so the last season of Insecure, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I actually went back and watched seasons one through four. Did you? What? Yeah, oh my God, I wish I was in LA. She was playing them in the theater yeah, she in LA. In the theater. I seen it. So one of my TikTok friends had went. But um, listen, I realized that the events all happened within a year on Insecure. But because it was so many seasons, we didn't realize that that's because at first, I was like, oh, this happened over a long span of time, but it really didn't. It's like, it's a little over a year because. But even still, I was thinking it was like three or four years. You know, no, because like, each season. No, because I think it's like one season would be only like three or four months. Right. But then we'll get another season to the next. Right. And it'll pick up. Right. right. So it's picking up. But right in my mind, ended. I'm thinking. <laughs> I was thinking like when the next season came out, this is when this stuff was happening. But the span of it was like a year that everything was happening. And this right, a well, lot I, Yeah, well, I gauge it by um Amanda's pregnancy. So like she wasn't pregnant in the beginning, then she got pregnant, and then the baby, did they have the baby's first birthday party? I don't know if they had the baby's first birthday party. I don't but, remember, but but yes, it's so supposedly when they Lawrence, hot mess. <laughs> just a lot. You watch all four. You watch all four seasons. Yeah, what the hell? Okay, <laughs> all right. I need to do that because it's not like so it's only half hour, so I'm sure it's it's not. I had to like only, I did have, like, that before. Episodes. Like I went back and watched. I think after last season, I had went back and watched the previous season, but I I kind of forgot like what was going on I knew what happened last season 
with Condola, but the previous seasons. Yeah, I want to see season one. Because I, I think they probably want to wrap everything up because this is the last season. So I was like, I don't even remember like what's going on. So yeah, just just yeah. a lot. But it, it it comes out October 24th and we're going to be doing weekly recaps of the episodes. So probably it's the last season. Forward to but that. she's, yeah. Last season, this is oh farewell. Yeah, but it it can't go on forever because it would just be too. I guess. Is it Grey's Anatomy on like the twentieth season? I don't know. I don't watch that. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be like that, but especially after I see the the whole thing about Denzel and um, and I thought she was on our team that's the thing that's really so tricky about people because Ellen Pompeo used to always speak up and talk about diversity and everything and I was like oh, okay she's a good ally because I mean she has kids that's black she married to a black man I think I'm like oh, okay Are you really thought it was a flex to tell people that you yelled like at you didn't even have to repeat that like you messed it up for yourself by even like right you was gonna get some clout like people that's what i said she thought that was a flex yeah i told him like what (laughs) girl bye and it's crazy because it's this girl she from philly um sheena the nurse i don't know if you know her or she she like blew up on instagram because during the pandemic she had did this viral video that was like we fed up with y'all. If you got a headache, stay home. If you got a call, like basically saying like the the ERs is packed and y'all coming in for like a headache during a pandemic, like take a Tylenol. So anyway, she went viral. And with her going viral, she became friends with Ellen. And she's like been to like Ellen's house and stuff. And I just was like, what? Yeah. Like she's went live like from her house and They've done like um, lives together and stuff. Cause the girl Sheena really blew up. Like she has like a uh, uh, PBS gave her like a deal to like do what? stuff about like nurses and stuff. Oh wow! So yeah, the power of social media. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into our topic of the week, which is basically like a generic topic because this is um our first episode back from being gone from season one. So we're just um, going to catch you guys up with what's been going on in our lives. So welcome back and to let you know why we <laughs> abruptly had a break. <laughs> um, well, it wasn't, it wasn't that abrupt because you did this and shout out to Raheem and shout out to Tiffany for stepping in for me and being there recording the episodes. Like, I really appreciate that. But it wasn't abrupt because we still had, you still put out episodes. So it wasn't. Right, but it's not like my last episode. I said, oh, we won't be dropping a new episode next week. Oh, yeah. Because you didn't know. I I was supposed to, but like some of my guests. You knew that when you dropped the last episode with Tiffany that me, you and her did, you knew that that was going to be the last. No, I'm saying 
No, right. No, you're right. I didn't know, but I didn't, I, that wasn't in the plan either. I plan to continue recording, but when some of my guests had to reschedule or weren't available, then I was like, I'm just going to wait. <laughs> I was just like, I'm, I'm just going to wait until she leaves come back. But yeah. And I, of <clears> course, <throat> like I didn't plan on being out there long, but life happens and just got to go with the, the flow. So I don't even know where to start. Like, it's so much. Um, where do I start? Where do I start? So a little background, which I've, I, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I've talked about some of the health issues that I had before, but I don't think I went in depth. But if you've been listening, you know that I talked about um, having diabetes for a long time. And I've talked about like having complications from diabetes. Um, in 2015, early 2016, I got diagnosed with kidney disease. Um, in the beginning, um, I wasn't, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad where I needed to go to dia- go on dialysis. But in March of 2016, like right before my birthday, um, I had went to my uncle's party and I drank too much. And that put me into something called when you have diabetes and you have like your sugars high, you have like too much acid in your body. It's called keto acetosis. Yes. Oh, I didn't know about this. That's what happened to Anthony. Yeah. So I went into keto acidosis and um, I just was feeling bad. I'd like, when you go through that, everything tastes horrible. So I got up because I knew I was drunk and I knew I had drank too much. So I went to drink some water and it tastes sweet. So I'm like, what's going on? And then I was like, I just feel horrible. So I lay back down. I'm like, you can't, you got to go to the hospital. Like, you know, you, you've had diabetes all this time. You know, like you got to go to the hospital and get this together. So I went to the hospital because I couldn't keep nothing down either. So I thought it was just that. So I went to the hospital and of course they did blood work and ran tests or whatever. And the doctor, my kidney doctor like came in and he was like, this is it. Like you have to go on dialysis. What year was that? This was 2016, like right before my birthday, end of March. Um, and Tiffany was there with me because she had came and one of my friends, Alyssa, she was there and I just broke down. I knew the time was coming, but I didn't know when it was coming. So So what percentage functioning does your kidney have to be in order to go to dialysis? So it's stages, but my kidney wasn't functioning anymore. I was at end stage. Because at first I was in stage four. But when I had to get on dialysis, when you're, when you have to get on dialysis, it's in stage, like your kidney doesn't basically just have one, but it's just one kidney. So basically you just have one kidney, right? No, like your, your kidneys don't function at all. Like the pain, water, everything. There's no function. That's, that's the reason why you have to go to dialysis to clean your blood from all these toxins. that's Right. But I thought it was. Because one of your, like, 
one of them is no longer working at all. You're only using like the other one. The other one is trying to do all the work and it's, Mm-mm. and you can't. No, there's, there's no function at all. So, because when you have, when you go through the stages, like stage one, stage two, stage three, four, yeah, you still have some function and one, but when you get to the end, no, it's, it's nothing. So, they was like, we rushing you to surgery. You got to get this port in your chest. And like, I've mm-hmm. seen ports in people's chests because a lot of cancer patients get the ports because right. that's what they use for um, chemo. Chemo, yeah. Um, so they rushed me off the surgery, um, put the port in my chest. And so I started dialysis at the hospital. Um, But the plan was, I also, while I was there, they talked to me about the different types of dialysis. And so while I was there, I um, had decided that I was going to get this port that goes in my stomach, that you could do a different type of dialysis that would still allow me to go to work because you do it at home. And Mm -hmm. it, it uses like a different kind of fluid. It could connect to like your bathroom, your water source to drain. It was just a lot, but I that's what I decided to do because I still wanted to go to work. I wasn't trying to let this disease defeat me. So I got the port, spent the night in the hospital. Next morning, probably five, six o'clock in the morning, they take me off to, to dialysis. Um, I didn't know what, what that entailed. I was told, but until you experience it, you really don't know like what it does to your body. Um, probably after like the first, the first one was fine, but after I kept getting getting it, because honestly, they don't know like how much fluid you really have that they need to take off. And so during my like my first week, they were taking off too much fluid. So my blood pressure was dropping and like I was feeling weak. So after dialysis, all I really wanted to do was lay in bed. Um, So with that, they also, the port, the port can't stay in forever. So you have to get something in your arm. um, That's a a type of port where they connect, (laughs) excuse me, two veins together to make um, something called a fistula that is what you would use for dialysis. Um, so I, I didn't want to get that. So I got, because I wanted to do the at-home dialysis and that's called peritoneal dialysis. So I got a port in my stomach. And what that does is like, you put the solution in at night and it still dialysizes you. But during the day, you leave the fluid in your stomach so that is soaking up all the toxins. And then at night you drain it out. Yeah. But that didn't work out for me. It made right. me really, really sick. Right. And I was in the hospital like every week. And they were just like, when, when I got to the hospital, they would give me fluids and medication and I would be better and I wouldn't be throwing up. So they would be like, okay, right. you could go home. As soon as I went home, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was sick again. Right. And finally, I told them, I said, take this, take this out. This is what's making me sick. And they were like, no. And I was like, yes, this is what's making me sick. And as soon as they took it out, I wasn't sick anymore. 
Yeah, you probably was allergic to whatever that solution is. I was. It was called, mm-hmm. so with diabetes, it was when you have too much sugar in your body and your, your body's not digesting it, you get something called gastroparesis. And that's what that was giving me because the solution that you use for the other type of at-home dialysis is a sugar solution. So it was giving me gastroparesis and nothing was digesting. So everything was sitting and that's what was causing me to throw up. So as soon as they took that out, I had to get another port, right? Because I didn't have a fistula. And if once you get the surgery for the fistula, the fistula has to mature. So I got the fistula, but the fistula took four to six weeks to mature. So I had to keep this port in um, for another four to six weeks. That happened, whatever. I went back into the center doing dialysis. Um, a couple of times I tried to work, but that didn't work out because it was like too much on my body. But going to dialysis, going to work, doing like everyday life, that just didn't work. But in the meantime, too, something that I left out is that I was on the transplant waiting list. Um, trans, the wait list for a trans, transplant takes about five years. I was on the list for six years, but I was on a list in Philadelphia at University of Penn, and they gave me like the runaround. Like people told me like, oh my God, you should go somewhere else because University of Penn, they so particular. They're so hard to put you on the list. And I got on the list initially for the kidney, but they wouldn't put me on the list for a pancreas. They kept telling me, you need to lose weight. You need to lose weight. You're too fat. (laughs) You need to lose weight. And I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know what to do. Like, what do y'all want me to do? I'm, I'm trying. So they wouldn't put me on the list for the pancreas, right? So then I moved to Georgia, but I was still on a waiting list for Pennsylvania because I was on a list for so long, like I was on the top of the list. I, I was getting calls, but once they tested the kidney, they couldn't use it. So I was like, I'm going to just still, even though I was in Georgia, I was like, I'm going to still stay on a list in Pennsylvania. So um, it was the nurse that I was working with. So you get a coordinator and she was a B. She was a B. She was real nasty to me. She ended up quitting. But, or she got fired. I don't really remember. But she um, found out that I was traveling back and forth from Philly to Georgia. And she was like, you can't do that. If you're supposed to be a resident of Pennsylvania, this is where you need to be. And she went back and reported it to all the doctors. And they were like, oh, well, you can't be on the list anymore. And I fought it or whatever. But they were just making all these excuses, especially because it was COVID and you're traveling back and forth, you're getting on a plane and all this stuff. I came to Georgia. The doctor that I had at dialysis was like, you should get on um, the list here because they've expanded the area of where they get the kidneys from. She was like, just get on the list here. I got on the list here in May. May. I got a kidney and a pancreas in July. Got the plug? Huh? You got the plug? The plug. I, child, <laughs> the <listen>. plug. <laughs> I don't know if it was the plug or what. But the funny thing about it is the requirements here are way different. Like as far as like body mass index and all of that stuff. Like I was like, 
telling them like, yeah, the, my my other, you know, hospital, they told me I was too fat to get a pancreas. And they were like, no, that's not true. We go by your BMI and this and this and that. Well, anyway, I had gotten several calls and I wasn't telling anybody because I just believe that people can bring bad energy into your life and I didn't want to get my hopes up and telling people and then it didn't happen because that has happened several times within the past few years. Um, I had gotten a call. They wanted me to fast. So I didn't eat nothing for the whole damn day. And then they called and say, oh, no, we tested it. It's no good. I was so upset. But I was like, you know what? And the thing is that I was supposed to come to Philly. No, no, no. I'm mixing stuff up. So I got that call, whatever. And I was just like telling the doctor, I was like, I got a call and I was like waiting and waiting. And Denise said they can't use it. She was like, okay, but you, you're close. You're close. I was like, yeah, that's what my coordinator told me. She said, I'm like at the top of the list. So the weekend of July 4th, I had my bags packed. I was supposed to go to Philly for 4th of July. And I made dialysis and I get the call. So she's like, we have a kidney in the pancreas for you. She's like, where are you at right now? This is, was at like 6.15 in the morning. She's like, where are you at right now? I was like, I'm at dialysis. She said, no, stop dialysis right now and get to the hospital. So immediately I just bust out crying. I was like, are you serious? She was like, yes, get to the hospital as soon as you can. So I called my boyfriend. I'm like, they told me to get to the hospital and this and that. But you still don't know because when you get there, you still got to get testing. You got to get a COVID test, all this stuff. So I still didn't know, like, if it was going to go through, if it was going to be, you know, I just still didn't know. But I got to the hospital. I did, you know, everything. And within an hour, I was getting wheeled into surgery, child. Uh-huh. I don't remember nothing after that. All I remember is <laughs> the anesthesiologist came in and was like, what's your favorite cocktail? <laughs> and I was like, I don't really have one. I was like, but back in the day, I used to like apple martinis and Cosmos. He was like, well, think of that. The next thing I know, <laughs> that was that or whatever. So then when I woke up, of course, I was in ICU. They keep you in ICU for a day to... um just make sure like everything is okay. And I just remember my boyfriend, wait, he was like, oh my God, you got a new kidney and a new pancreas. It's like, I do <laughs> because I didn't remember like. <laughs> that whole like coming out of anesthesia is like the weirdest thing because yeah. you're like, when did I go to sleep? Right. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that, that happened. And then the road to recovery was like, so, so, so like, I'm still not fully recovered, but they don't tell you all the stuff that you are going to experience. Like I woke up, I had these drain things in my stomach. I look like an alien <laughs> I look like a whole Ellie. I had these drain things in my stomach. I had the catheter thing. I had, the, but the doctor had told me, he said, when you come out of surgery, you're going to look like a Christmas tree. There's going to be lights. 
plugs, cords everywhere. But I just was like, okay. I had tubes up my nose, Ivy hair, there, all, all these places. I had all these IVs. And I was just like, what is going on here? All these machines beeping. I'm like, oh my God. So, and then you can't, for the first three days, you can't eat or drink nothing. <laughs> so I'm sitting up there like, oh my God, when can I, I'm like, I can't even have no ice. They like, no. So I got through that or whatever. I came home, I guess in like, it was probably like seven days I stayed there or whatever, but um. I was on dialysis and stuff you know I really didn't urinate a lot but with this new kidney child <laughs> I said the person who kidney I got must have overactive bladder <laughs> <laughs> because when I tell you yeah once they took the the um, catheter out like I was going to the bathroom like immediately but that's a good thing because that shows that the kidney is functioning and working and the pancreas is doing like really, really good. But the first couple of days too, I had to take like 20 pills. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? Like y'all didn't tell me about this part. But um, I got through it. I'm healing. Um, and this is where we are. It's, it's just been like a long journey. and. I would have never thought that this would have been like the life that I was going to live, but here I am. But let people know what is it like, what it means for your life having a new pancreas. That now means that you. I don't have diabetes anymore, which is so (laughs) surreal for me because I've had had diabetes since I was 14 and now even like I've always had to take medication like when I ate so now not having to do that is like oh my god if I got to take my medicine what's my sugar like still you you know you still gotta watch what you eat but I don't have to do all those things anymore and it's just like wow like it's so freeing Mm -hmm. because a lot of people and, and and this is why a lot of times I didn't talk about what I was going through because people judge you. They really, really do. Like when I was younger and I would tell people I had diabetes, they would be like, oh, that's because you eat too much sugar. Oh, and then when people make jokes like, oh, if I eat this cake, I'm going to get diabetes. Like stuff like that. Or like one time I had went to get ice cream and somebody was like, are you supposed to be eating it? Like, you don't know if I got sugar free. You don't know if I took extra insulin so that I could have this treat or you just don't know so sometimes just don't say anything because you don't know what people are going through and really diabetes is like a harsh disease on the body I've seen people get their arms legs amputated right it's true I don't think you should say shouldn't say anything I think that if you have a serious concern and it's someone who you know in on that capacity then you should you know help them but if the person don't know you like that and they just no like no y'all think this is funny like it's not a joke 
Because if you had a disease, you wouldn't want nobody joking. You, if you had an autistic child, you wouldn't want nobody talking. You know, like, so, yeah, that's that's why I didn't, I used to not say anything about the stuff that I was going through because people judged me. Like, but this is, this was, I got diabetes from um, genetic. Right. Like you never was a fat kid. So it's not like, no. you know, it was, but it ran poor on both sides of my family. Yeah. My, right. my mother, so, by mom, my dad, my dad's mom, my sisters, like, right. this is something that was hereditary. I didn't try my, when my mom was alive, my mom was a health nut. Like, right. So that's what I'm saying. So it, it didn't stem like, from your eating habits your behaviors something that you can control um I think some people that's just like what we're dealing with today a lot of people are misguided some people are just you know not educated on certain things and speak on situations as though everybody's life is cookie cutter so yeah but you know um I'm learning. I'm I'm a very private person, even with like my close friends. But I'm learning to be more transparent and be more open and be more. Um... Yes. <laughs> it is so funny because well, the Shalia's Shalia's surgery and her journey and everything affected me differently than I anticipated. It never. I never had any preparation for it, but. I didn't know that it would affect me emotionally the way that it did. And even when I was talking to Tiffany and she was saying, I was like, Tiffany, Shalia is not going to tell you if she's not okay. <laughs> she was like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. I know that this is what she does. But also it just, that's another thing that just comes along with like getting to know someone on a different level. Like, okay she was doing x y and z that's why she couldn't do this or whatever but like i had to tell Shalia as a friend i don't know what you got going on and there's no way for me to actually like be there accurately or like be there the way that you need me to be there if i don't know what's going on and because i know that she don't then it's like i'm like please let me know if you're not okay i need to know that you know what i mean but so. that comes with like a lot of trauma. That it I'm does, with. right? Because and, and that's not something that you like, like intimate, all that childhood, all that. That's not something that you like. Your friends aren't your therapist, so you're not going to like tell them all of this. I have some friends who I grew up with, so I seen it and I knew that. You know what I mean? But some friends, if you meet somebody when they're 19, 20, you don't know what they seen when they were 11, right. 10. And that's not something that you're casually going to be talking about, especially if you're not trying to like be re-traumatized, but right. it's just but like the evolution I, of friendship. Yeah, it's trauma that I went through as a, as a kid and an adult. Because even now, when I try to tell like my family, like, I'm not okay. You're like, oh, she's exaggerating. She's using her illness as a crutch. So then why am I saying, why y'all saying y'all want me to talk to y'all so y'all can help me, but then right. you, you turn your back. So it's like, 
it's traumatizing. And then it's like, if that's what you've always experienced, like, I feel like, why do I want to open up and say anything? Because I've been down this road before, but I'm learning. Therapy has helped a lot because one thing my therapist did say to me is that um, if people don't know, if you don't say anything, then how, you know, like basically like you you can't always say that you're okay. Like you can't, like if you're not okay, like it's okay. That's true, but I just think that the, the discernment is knowing who it is safe to tell that to. And that I think is what damages people further is when they disclose sensitive information to the basically their abusers. <laughs> In essence, you know what I mean? It's like sometimes or people not- like and I've had people like actually help me, but then when they got mad at me, do it Used it against you. Yeah. yeah. So it's still yeah. like do I want to open up about so yeah so that's where I've been (laughs) and again like I'm still recovering like it's so much that comes along with this yeah I'm not on dialysis but my immune system is very um sensitive um I can't be around a lot of people. I can't do a lot of things. I still can't drive, <laughs> which is killing me. Um, I can't be around cats and dogs because they actually carry um, a bacteria that is harmful during like the beginning of getting the transplant. Uh, what else? Yeah, and I just have to be careful. Of, like, like, I never ate at buffets, but that's one of the things that is a no-no because it's too too many germs. I can't drink like herbal teas and stuff like that because they're they interact with the um immunosuppressant medications, which that hurt me because I love tea. And well, how you, long is that? How long can you not have tea? Forever. I can have like black tea, but not like green tea or like any herbal teas like chamomile. Yeah, because they interact with the um the medication that protect my immune system. You have green tea? No. <laughs> I'm telling you, when she told me that, I, I was ready to bust out crying. She was like, what's wrong? I was like, I got all these. I had, this is, was crazy. I had just bought all these teas because I, I support this black um, tea and coffee company. And I just bought all these teas and they sell like the loose teas. She was like, no. And I just was like, listen, you it's a lot of sacrifices that had to be made and I'm okay with it because what I went through over the past six years I don't right like I'll take that over having to basically (laughs) hope that I live every day every day waking up right so I'll 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 chalk that up and you know do what I gotta do but you know um one thing that I wasn't doing was taking care of me, which now throughout going through this process, like I have this great uh, woman doctor and that's when I, when I was getting discharged, that's one of the things that she, she told me, she was like, make sure you're taking care of yourself. She was like, make sure you're taking care of you. 
not everybody else you I don't know I never listen never said nothing to this lady about I I I, I did tell her about my like my schooling or whatever and she asked me like what did I used to do for work and I told her that but other than that, she just was like, make sure you're taking care of you. She was like, real, like, animate about it. Even when I go, because I have to go to the doctor every week, and then I have to get blood work. It's a lot, but she's like, are you taking care of you? Not everybody else, but you. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't really have, nobody really has ex my friend. I mean, I talk on the phone, but physically like going places and seeing people like I haven't done that so and I haven't allowed anyone to come into my space and me having to be you know their therapist or mock therapist or whatever so yeah what you got to do that do I have to do that? What you mean? You have to let somebody come and be a be it. What? Have you I be was, a therapist? I, no, I'm I'm saying that I haven't had anybody come into my space and try to have me listen to their problems and have me to be their therapist because that's what used to happen a lot. Oh, 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 you mean lay down their burdens. Okay, I was confused. I was like, what? Come to your house? They called it what? No, no, no. no. I thought, because you know you you want to get your license. So I was like, is that what she thought? Oh, no, no, no. No, just. Okay, no, no, you, yeah, your clothes, you know, mm-hmm. like your clothes, you are under construction. So you don't have any space or room for anybody else's burdens or to try to, yeah. I mean, and honestly, when I was in the hospital and was going through all the pain and things that I was going through with my body changing, mentally, I was telling myself, this wasn't worth it. This was, was you? Yeah. Oh, the devil. I was like, this was not worth it. I said, crazy. because it was something my head was that was saying, the pain that you went through at dialysis was not worse than this. Right. And then when I would go to the hospital, go to the doctor, and every time I went to the doctor, like, this is wrong and this is wrong, mm-hmm. I, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this was worth it. Was right. this Right. Yeah, but as soon as you, once you can see that light, then it can allow you to manifest more positive thoughts. But if all you see is darkness, you're like, I was, it wasn't as dark before now. Right. And that's how <laughs> I was like, And I had to, like... Dark get myself out of it and then it was like um I was just like it was worth it it was worth it because guess what you can go back to work you don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go sit in a chair for four hours and don't know how you're going to feel afterwards but now you have more control you have more control you could do things now you can actually take a trip now you can actually take a trip and don't have to worry about setting up dialysis or you don't have to put everybody else in the inconvenience because you have to go to dialysis and yeah in the beginning it was just like this wasn't worth it but then after I got and it's crazy because my doctor told me she said once you hit 90 days you're going to feel 
the difference. And I'm telling you, no lie. Once I got to my three month period, I actually went, my three months was, um, what's this, October, mm-hmm. September, July, August, September, October, October, October 3rd, 5th, 4th, 5th was my three months. I went to the doctor on October 6th. I'm telling you, that morning, that was the best I ever felt. I got up, mm-hmm. I got dressed. I was like, I'm going to look cute today. And I did something to my hair, my eyebrows. And I was just like, listen, when you look, when you feel good, you should look good. So that's what I did. And when I went to the doctor, everybody, because they know me in there, because I basically live there. Some days I had to go three times a week. But they were like, Miss L, you look so good. I know. Listen, when people tell you that, <laughs> I know when I was in the hospital and they saw me like after I got rid of all that fluid, it was like, oh, you look, I'm like, dang, how bad was I? <laughs> and the funny thing is though, after, like right before that, the day before I got called, I had gotten my haircut, right? And I didn't even get to enjoy the haircut because I was in the hospital and, you know, through healing or whatever, I didn't even get to like, so I was wearing head wraps. So they were used to seeing me in a head wrap. So then when I came in there with like my hair done, they were just like, who is this? I never seen you with your hair. I'm like, I know, I, you know, I ain't had the energy to do nothing. And they're like, oh my goodness, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get just get back to my regular self and, you know, gradually do the things that I used to do because I love to cook and read and write. But I did manage, my book was written before all of this happened, but I managed to put the energy into that to, to self-publish it and get that out. So that was something that I've been doing. And while I've been home, I've just been writing a lot and you know praying and doing like my daily devotions and stuff that has really been helping so yeah but it's going to be a you know a a change in lifestyle but I'm open for it I'm here for it I mean it's a better change yeah it's not not limitations it's broadened horizons right so I'm about to plan some trips (laughs) Do all the things that I couldn't do for the past six years. Six years. So that's where I've been. That's where we've been. It was like so abrupt. But I had already told you, Nina, like we had a talk before, like a couple weeks before, because I had gotten a call. And I was like, I'm just letting you know I'm not going to be able to do the podcast. She's like, girl, I don't care about that. Just get your kidney. But then at the same time, it wasn't, we weren't. We yeah, we didn't do like. We had plan. some episodes recorded, but yeah, but we didn't like plan, plan like okay, what exactly? I don't know. I and just, the I funny thought- thing is that that when I got the previous call, my doctor told me she was like, "Just keep your phone, keep your phone there." She said because, and it's sad, but she was like, "The weekend of Fourth of July, a lot of my patients they get calls because for some reason." A lot of people lose their lives during the 4th of July weekend. And I was like, is it because of like drunk driving? And she was like, yeah, it is. And I got 
my poll on the day after the 4th of July. So, yeah. is the day after the 4th of July? July 5th. Oh, I don't know why in my head I'm thinking it was the third. So, what day was y'all set to come down here? We were set to we we were set to come on the fifth because that was that Monday. We wasn't because that July fourth was being celebrated on that Monday because the fourth was that Sunday. I can't hear you. I said I don't I didn't even remember what day the fourth of July was on. The 4th of yeah, July it was, was on, on a, it was on a Sunday. So Sunday. I but this is the thing. We were supposed to leave that night, late at night. But I told him, I was like, I don't know if I should leave because I think I might because you had gotten two calls. This was your third call. Right. So you had gotten two calls all within a couple of days, I think. Right. I right. did. I did. You and told I, me about the first call, and then you was like, you know what? I'm not gonna tell nobody about <laughs> the other calls. And then I know, like, uh, the next week I got that text message, like, oh, okay, yeah. So I had said, like, yeah, I don't think we should leave. And he was like, well, whatever. Like, if you will just wait, we'll play it by ear. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to leave until I wait and see. And if I would have left, I would have been basically <laughs> this would have happened for me because I would have exactly. been on the road but something in my mind was like don't go because at first I was like I'm gonna just stay here you right. can go and yeah so that's that's where I've been just going through and healing and healing myself physically and mentally because like I said mentally it was a little rough too so but we're back we're back and we're <laughs> going to be you know but Janina you want to talk about anything no I'm just excited I mean I'm just excited to be back recording I do feel like it's somewhat like therapy for me also um and I'm very happy that my friend is doing well uh, it's just like I said, for me, because we've been friends for so long, but you've been sick a lot. Like you've been sick a lot. <laughs> the the kidney, that's on top of all the other stuff. Right. Because like this girl has been in the hospital so, so much throughout the time of me knowing her. So I was, I was very scared. <laughs> that was that was one of the first times I was, I was very scared. I yeah, was then there's like all the other times I had been in the hospital, I felt like I was able to communicate what was going on. But this time, I didn't yeah. have it in me. I didn't. I and didn't. it's not even just that. I could come. Right. I, like, if I'm like, oh, where you at? All right, I can, I'll come up there. I can come right. up there, see you. Right. I couldn't do that. I couldn't talk to you. I just had to like pray. That's it. And so it was hard. It was harder than I anticipated because I didn't have like any preparation for it and then it happened. And then I was scared because anything could have went wrong. Right. So it's like, this is a life-changing surgery, but if something goes wrong, it could be life-threatening. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was, it was way harder on me than I thought it would be, but I'm glad we made it through. I'm 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 so happy that you're like 
motivated, just, just the check-ins I just see, you know, in the last three weeks that you've been, you know, way like better, not in as much pain and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, because that pain was like, yeah, honey. And she had, listen, she got me on my, I, I did my notes. I'm like, let me go on the computer. <laughs> what else do I have to do, child? What else? What else? I just, I, but the good thing about this is, is that I've been doing a lot of self-reflecting. I've been figuring out the things that I need to work on for to better myself. Once I'm able to go back to work, what do right. I want to do? How can I? improve with the things that I already know and the things that I already have right because I feel like yeah I feel like the word the word is your journey is your your vehicle to like get messages out to everybody else and to lighten everybody's life let people know you know what I mean like there is a light at the end of the tunnel right so it's like your testimony is going to help other people you know Mm -hmm. some people every day people are fighting for their life like (laughs) every day whether it's not whether it's a physical element or a mental element you know people it's a lot of people every day who don't know if it's worth if today is worth living so yeah and like I said like I was a private throughout this whole being on that I was still private like it's people in my family It's people that's going to listen to this and it's people that's going to buy my book and be like, right. no, I didn't know. Why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I mean, just even, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I mean, it's, 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 it's so much information. It's, so, it's just so many things that you overcame, like losing some of your vision. It's just so much, <laughs> you know, that what I've been through is not who I am you know what I mean so right yeah and and every obstacle that I overcome is like wow because when you're in it you really can't see yourself overcoming it and it's like you feel so defeated like feeling defeated is like debilitating yeah it really really is and then so felt like you don't really have anybody. It was like, it was a, it was a, it was a reality check for me when they were like, "Do you have an advanced directive or a living will?" Yeah. And I was like, "Not in, not in the state of Georgia, I don't." And so the lady gave me the paperwork for the advanced directive. She was like, "Fill it out, you know, when you come back for your first appointment, give it to me." So I went to go fill it out, and I'm like, "Damn." And it made me sad because I'm like, I don't even have any family that I trust to put down to that if I was in a situation where I needed some, them to decide about my life or my care, that they would do it. I don't have anybody. Only people I have is my friends. And so I had to call them and say, hey, can I put you down? Can I, you know, like that's a hurtful feeling. Like yeah I don't I don't it's nobody that's what I say like yeah we supposed to lead the negativity out but I can't even count on them for the things that I really really need them for because honestly I have a cousin she's older though she's she just turned 80 
And she's been here throughout this whole process because she works in the medical field and her grandkids, other grandmother, she had a kidney transplant and sadly, like in the beginning of the year, she got COVID and she Mm. passed away, which was really sad because she had been through everything with the transplant or whatever. And to see her lose her life because of COVID. But anyway, my cousin, you know, she knew a lot about the transplant and like all of this stuff. So every day she was just encouraging me, like tomorrow's going to be better. And then the next day is going to be better. And then we're going to look back on this six months from now. You want to see where you came from. Then it's going to be a year and you won't look back. You'd be like, wow, I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like, right. So like sometimes when you witness someone's journey, like I see my sister being almost dead and like today you would never know, you know, what she went through. So like, I, I believe in science. I believe in God. So I just feel like if you got a conjunction of both of them on your side, like, I said, I seen it. My sister, she, they, they was talking about setting up her will and she was stage four, but you see my sister today have no idea. You would have no idea that she was on her. And that's the thing. Like you should, that's that's exactly why you should just be kind because you never know what people are going through or what they've been through and what they've overcame. So you never know. Yeah. Yeah, you know. So yeah, we we don't want to keep bombarding y'all with you know <laughs> having y'all listening for hours and hours because we could talk. We used to talk to people. So <laughs> yes, that's where I've been. And if you have any questions, I'm here for encouragement. I need all the encouragement I get. You can email us at thejoinpod at gmail.com. If you have a question, if you want to send in a letter, we're still taking listener letters. Um, talk to us. We're here. The John Pod at gmail.com. Um, you, so we're going to start a new TikTok. Yes, we um, did start a new TikTok. So follow us on TikTok at the John A Podcast. TikTok is <laughs> crazy, but yeah. So um we're going to go into the ending of our podcast the way we like to end it. And that's with the lyrics that um, we have. So <laughs> the lyrics, my lyrics this week are from the song I Keep by Jill Scott, which I've been listening to so much because that song is just, I love it. But the part that sticks out for me is um it says I keep smiling when I come through and I cry when I need to and that's exactly what I've been doing um when I go to the doctor and I get good news I I'm like you know you gotta take the good with the bad and if I feel like I need to cry and get stuff out that's what I do I might go in the bathroom close the door cry and then come out and don't nobody know I was crying but I got it out and that's that's what's important so yeah you know what's also crazy is that when we were preparing for the podcast Shalia did mm-hmm. her notes first and I didn't see the lyric I just seen Jill Scott I didn't see the lyric mm-hmm. and then 
I thought of my lyric and the lyric I got was Smile by Kirk Franklin. So it wasn't until I got my lyrics where I look back, I was like, oh, hers have, her lyrics have smile wow. in it too. Yeah. 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 So I love me some Kirk Franklin. <laughs> but, you know, he's just like an amazing songwriter. So the lyric from Smile that I chose for this episode is, I smile even though I hurt. See, I smile. I know God is working, so I smile. Even though I've been here for a while, I smile. Smile. It's so hard to look up when you've been down. Sure would hate to see you give up now. You look so much better when you smile. So smile. So mm. like... <laughs> yeah, I can relate to those two. <laughs> Definitely relatable. So we're going to let you guys get out of here because this episode was super long super long but listen it is what it is it's our first episode back and so yeah so we get to watch insecure on sun is sunday right is it 24 wait that's sunday yeah Mm -hmm. sunday yeah and so um yeah catch us next week for our recap of insecure and we'll see you guys then Peace out. Bye, you guys. Thanks for listening to my mom and auntie. Make sure you guys follow them on Instagram at the underscore John underscore podcast and on Twitter at W underscore the day. Don't forget to ask the John. Send in your listener letters to the John pod at gmail.com. Bye, people. Be blessed.